I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the back. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the bubble boy, the one more thing king. Isaac will be joining us in just a second, along with the great Brad Townsend from the Dallas Morning News. Wanted to talk about all the kinds of stuff that's going on in the bubble, talk about the game one of Mavericks versus Clippers, all that. We'll talk to Brad. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order of Built Bars. So, talking to Brad Townsend today, uh, and let's just get right into it. And welcome now into the show, the great Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News. Brad, how's a bubble life treating you? Wow, what a question to start with. <laughs> it's... Uh, it uh, kind of comes in waves. I guess uh, I've been here about five weeks, arrived on July the 12th, and the days definitely blur together. Uh, there's times when I literally don't know if it's Monday or Friday or <laughs> whatever in between. Uh, but you know, you, you also get locked into a daily routine and uh, bubble life forces you into that. The first thing I have to do Every day after you know waking up, I, before even leaving the room, I'm supposed to check my uh, pulse oximeter reading. Uh, we're not on video, but here it is, right here. I'll show you. Uh, it's the thing you stick your I finger say, in it and has it checks your pulse and all that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly, you stick your finger in it. It starts reading your pulse uh, and your oxygen levels. Uh, I have no idea how they do that. Uh, and then, and also to have to take my temperature and it all loads into an app through Bluetooth, uh, that the NBA, the NBA, you know, say we had to, you know, download this app and then I had to take a questionnaire, you know, have I been around anyone who's coughing, any symptoms, this kind of stuff. And then after inputting all that, that really, that basically gives me the green light. And then somehow or another, this medical information in the questionnaire is loaded into my wristband, my Mickey Mouse magic band, world, uh, magic band, and that gets me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, I'd much rather be using it for rides, but uh, <laughs> you know, but that gets me into venues, practice. You know, uh, gets me around the campus. It, it basically gives us people know that I'm healthy, and uh, it's it's an incredible system they've set up here. You just think about it. I'm one of about 1,500 people who's part of this ecosystem. So, and and some somehow, some way, it's all worked. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent when you asked me how I was doing, but that's really what my day, how my days start out. You said you said 1,500 people. How many writers? How many actual media people are there like you? It's uh, it's hard to say. Uh, what I do know is that we were originally told uh, 10 writer reporters in the bubble and what i've kind of come to find out is that's 10 not counting uh the broadcast element the broadcast partners and that would be espn and turner so uh it's it's really myself and and nine in terms of newspaper website reporters you know it's us 
And uh, uh, some of these guys I knew before, some of them I didn't, but uh, it's, you know, you kind of naturally grow closer. You're uh, going through the same experience. Uh, The other night, uh, the NBA uh, treated us to dinner uh, and it was a great, it was like a, it was like a field trip uh, for uh, kindergartners or something. They took us to, uh, they took us to a restaurant uh, over at the yacht club where some of the teams are staying, and they cleared uh, the the restaurant was cleared out. It was just for us. Uh, and here in here in Florida, obviously the numbers are quite high, so all the restaurants are going through, you know, and especially here in the bubble. So it was. Uh, very socially distant. I sat with Sean Powell from NBA.com, but he was literally, we were at the same table, but he was like eight feet from me. <laughs> so, oh. but it was, it was, it was, uh, it's amazing to say this, but it, it was, uh, it felt great just to eat with real utensils because I've been eating <laughs> with uh, plastic uh, knives and forks uh, this whole time here. I know that sounds, that's a weird thing to be happy about, but. Uh, Five weeks with it. I mean, that, that's a long time. And to be able to order off of a menu, that was a nice treat too. So, I, look, I, I think all this thing, all these things, uh, I think about people back home. They're going through far more difficult circumstances than me being in a bubble, worrying about what I'm eating and being tested every day. So, very cognizant of that. I don't want to come off like I'm complaining about life in the bubble. I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah, and it seems like a once in a lifetime opportunity too, where just you never know. Like this, hopefully, this will never happen again, and you get that experience, and that's pretty awesome. Uh, we talked to to Ben Golliver about the the very same thing about how you know he's this is hopefully never going to happen again, and he's one of the few that gets to do it. So it's it's pretty awesome experience. So yeah, far. it's historic, uh, and it's historic uh, from a, a wider perspective, a sports perspective, and then you know especially why I'm here from, from the Mavs perspective. It's their first playoff appearance in four years. And it's the Luca Porzingis uh, playoff debut. So here we go. Last night was uh, wild, but uh, I think it, I think it told us the Mavericks are definitely in this series. They have no reason to believe that they can't win the series. Uh, and I think if any seeds of doubt were planted last night, it was by the Mavericks into the Clippers head. Yeah, going going back to last night, the oh, game one there, just your experience being there for this playoff game, no fans. It has to at least as a like a viewer on TV. I think that was the first time I really really miss fans. Even when the little scuffle with Morris and KP and everything, where I'm like, oh man, I miss the like fan interaction and just the playoff atmosphere. Just if you're a Mavs fan coming out of game one. Are you should should Mavs fans be more encouraged after game one and in kind of two part here you being there for that playoff atmosphere or whatever it looks like now how weird is it that that was a playoff game? I've gotten used to the atmosphere. Uh, I didn't think the atmosphere last night was the, the when you're talking about the surrounding the game. There was really no difference in what we've been seeing the last few weeks in seating play. But the intensity level, which was pretty, was, was pretty noticeably good during the seat, seating uh, play, a lot of close games, overtime games, high intensity, that even got ratcheted up last night, as we expected. Uh, and then, and of course, the the pivotal moment was there uh, early in the third quarter with uh, Marcus Morris and uh, Luca and Porzingis. Um, 
That, uh, yeah, I definitely felt a difference in the arena because there's not very many of us in there, first of all, but we know the stakes are higher. And every win and every loss in a playoff series just gets magnified. And, uh, yeah, I miss the fans. I miss the fans, too, because I think it adds to that. It Fans are supposed to be part of this. Fans are – this is why the Clippers earned – home court advantage the Clippers are number two seed in the playoffs and we're in an arena that's 2,500 miles from LA and uh, basically a thousand miles from Dallas that that's not home court advantage for anybody but uh, but if you're if you're if you're feeling disadvantaged in any way it would definitely be the Clippers who should have home court advantage uh, and I'm sorry I kind of got scatterbrained uh, oh in terms of the maps uh, yeah Listen, um, they spotted a, they spotted the Clippers a 16-point lead. They then went on a run where they outscored the Clippers by 30 points. They were ahead by five points when the Porzingis ejection occurred. Luka committed 11 turnovers. So tell me, in those things I mentioned, why wouldn't the Mavericks be encouraged mm-hmm. To me, the way last night played out, that was about the worst that could happen to the Mavericks. And yet, here at the end of the game, they were within striking range, you know, with uh, with Porzingis out of the game. So, again, like I said, if there was any seeds of doubt uh, planted last night, I've got to think it's with the Clippers. And the Clippers certainly have more pressure on them. The, the Mavericks, no one's expecting the Mavericks to win. Uh, the Clippers made these great offensive, these great offseason moves. They acquired Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They jettisoned, you know, they they traded away a bunch of draft picks. And their time to win is now. This is their window. And uh, to me, ninety nine percent of the pressure in this series is on them. Absolutely, especially after, especially after last night. Especially if you consider, yeah. you know, yeah, everything that happened, you know, in game one and then add the fact that Paul George and Kawhi only have a two-year deal signed with the Clippers. So, if they don't get it done this year or next year, then, you know, for the Clippers, they might both just, you know, leave. Um, exactly. All right, coming up, we want to hear more about your experience inside the bubble. Talk about Mavs Clippers game one. But before we do that, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes or less. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends that are shaping our world. Subscribe wherever you get your pods. And Isaac Harris. Today we are brought to you by DoorDash. I know that all of you out there hanging out at home, there's so many NBA games. And if you are if you have a day off during one of these days where there's four NBA games back-to-back-to-back-to-back that ends the Mavs game, especially today on Wednesday, then I know you'll need some DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose your favorite national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, or Cheesecake Factory. 
Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your order with zero delivery fees on your very first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store. Enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that code is LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. At the beginning of the game, you mentioned Luke had five turnovers right away. I think it was in the first two minutes and 30 seconds he has five turnovers. The Mavericks go down two to 18. Then Luka kind of tweaks his ankle and he subs out. At that point, you know, it seemed like everything was just everything was going wrong for the Mavericks. What was the feeling like in the room uh, during that timeout, during that huddle, where it just seemed like all the Mavericks and they don't have a ton of playoff experience had to kind of rally back and they went on this crazy run to, to take the lead after the first quarter? Well, uh, the media, we're sitting across the court uh, from from both teams. And in the case of last night, we're directly, we were on the court side of the Mavericks. And so I'm watching the huddle, but I'm also keenly aware, uh, interestingly enough, of the writers around me. Uh, there were a lot at last night's game, more than what there have been at Mavericks games and seating play, just because well, a lot of it is there was an L.A. team involved and, that, you know, it was a marquee matchup. They, uh, the riders around me seem pretty distracted looking around on their, you know, I could kind of see out of the corner eye and, you know, you, you can just kind of tell from body language. They were just kind of figuring this is a blowout. You know, uh, this is not what we were really expect. We thought the Clippers would win, but didn't, you know, this is, this is the Mavericks worst nightmare. They're a young team and they're, they've been thrown into the lion's den and they're getting eaten alive. That's kind of the sense I was getting. And then, uh, you know, the Mavericks, uh, I really appreciate this. Everybody was wondering what happened with Luca or when was he coming back, but they're really good about providing updates. And so uh, they texted me, uh, Scott Tomlin did, said, you know, he's getting his ankle retaped. He's come, he's able to come back in. But, I mean, let's no one can honestly say that they saw coming what happened next. And really what I think that break, they, if you call it a break, it, it allowed Luca to settle down. Uh, he was just going too fast. The great thing, of, one of the many great things about Luca, but certainly near the top, is his ability to pay to play the game at his pace. Whatever pace that might be, he just, he was, I wouldn't say frantic, but he just started off, he was trying to do too much in the early going last night. And then, you know, the Clippers just took advantage of that. He was making poor decisions. After after the tweak uh, and retaping of the ankle, he really slowed it down. And yet the amazing thing is he's still able to get into the lane at will and weave through really some of the greatest, several of the best defenders in the NBA. They come at you in waves. And he's still getting into the basket at, at will. I just came back from um, getting my morning coffee and uh, one national writer stopped me and he said, uh, he said, um, is Luca one of the three hardest players to guard in the NBA right now? Whoa. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? After last night, you got (laughs) to say he is. He's playing one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. 
he's 21 years old. He starts off, you know, very poorly. Yes, he had 11 turnovers, but, and as the writer and I were talking, and what I was pointing out was, so Porzingis goes out of the game, and you've got to think that that gives the Clippers ability to even throw more at Luka, and yet they still weren't able to slow him down. Kind of frightening when you think about it. Yeah, not if you're a Mavs fan. For other teams, <laughs> that's, that's a good feeling. <laughs> if you're a Mavericks fan, you're going, "Are you kidding me? We, we, uh, we went from Dirk, 21 years of Dirk, to this. This is just crazy. It's amazing." You you talked about the writers a little bit ago, being in the room, and how many of them there were there. Are there any? Where, who are some of the NBA players around the league in the bubble that you've seen at Mavs games? And have there been any reoccurring players that you've seen? No, we really. I haven't seen any. <laughs> Giannis? Uh, there, there, there might have been last night. Oladipo. But, but yeah, I don't know. We're in a part of the arena. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. We're down on the floor, and this arena, these arenas, is really two now. There, that's being weeded down, been weeded down to. They're really small, um, and you really can't see behind. You can't see to either side of you. You're basically you're looking out forward. There's a tunnel. Mm. Here's kind of a tunnel vision effect. You can't look up behind you, and uh, we're not allowed to be up in the upper level either, um, because that's where the group two reporters are. They're they're in a different. And Donnie Nelson sits up there. I'm not sure who else might have been up there, but we can't see players. All right, coming up, we want to get into more with Brad about the chemistry going on with the Mavericks, all kinds of stuff we want to talk about. But before we get to that. They're back. They're delicious. They're still the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. They're great. They sent us a whole bunch of them. They had 12 original flavors. Now they have six new ones. Built Bar is even more deliciouser. I think that's the word, how they want us to say that. They include nut and non-nut flavors in case anyone has allergies. They have incredible new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry Garcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, along with the great ones that we loved before. Mint brownie, banana bread, peanut butter that people love a lot. The double chocolate is delicious. Peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for a health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're under 200 calories, and they have a ton of protein in them, 18 to 17 grams, sometimes 19 grams of protein, depending on which bar you get. Uh, And they're also great for keto. Some of them have four or five grams of net carbs, so a great option for a snack or meal replacement, potentially, depending on what your, your, your plan is or whatever you're doing. And right now, Built Bar has... A free cooler with a purchase offer. While supplies last, it only lasts for a little while, so get on it right now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I want to ask you a question about team chemistry because you're literally there at the end of practice. You're see- seeing the guys at the end of practice. You're-, you're about the only person outside of a team employee that's seeing these guys up close and personal right now. What's this? What's the team chemistry from your perspective, your angle? What's the team chemistry look like for this younger Mavs team? Uh, it's quite striking. It, it really is. Uh, I've covered the NBA for off and on for a long time. Uh, I don't probably shouldn't you put a number on it because give like us a year, time. Brad. <laughs> yeah, well, I started covering the NBA uh, in 1989. So uh, anyway, okay. And I've been around more than a few teams. This team is 
is quite close. And it's not just a closeness, it's a, it seems to be a genuine, a genuine camaraderie. And I think if anything, and I was talking to Porzingis about this the other day, and that's the other great thing about being in the bubble. I, yeah, I can't just walk up to any player and have a conversation with them. Uh, but, you know, with uh, an okay from St- Scott Tomlin, you know, you can set up interviews, one-on-one interviews. And I was talking to Porzingis about this the other day, and he, he actually brought it up. He thinks that they were already a close team and that the bubble, just the the way it's set up, the fact that they're holding, uh, certainly not in a difficult way at, at a resort, uh, enjoying the pool and doing all these things together. It's brought them even closer. And, he, and, and, and he's so introspective, it's really – uh, pretty interesting for a 25 year old guy. He, uh, he said it's not just the players, it's the coaches, it's the assistant coaches, and it's the support mm-hmm. staff members. He feels like everybody has grown closer together through this experience. And I, I'm sure that's the case of the 22 teams uh, who started here and the 16 teams that are left to some degree. But uh, I think the Mavericks are probably unique in, in that. Uh, their stars are young. They, those guys don't have any family obligations. That helps. Uh, and the older guys on the team, Courtney Lee and J.J. Barea, they, they have immense respect from, from their teammates. And so even though really Barea has played very little and Courtney Lee has hurt, uh, they're, they're a big part of this process too. We've seen Kristaps Porzingis kind of, you know, blossom right in front of us in the bubble. He was averaging like 19 points a game before the bubble. He averages 30 and a half points in the bubble. Uh, if we leave out the game, you know, the game where he got ejected, uh, he made second team all bubble. Does KP look like he's finally fitting into the role that he was supposed to have all year? Or do you think he's just taking his game up to the next level? Like, What have you seen from him? Both. Um, interestingly enough, really the, uh, the moment – where his season turn and the Mavericks season turn and certainly at the time didn't it's still not good but January 21st Mavs are playing the Clippers at home and uh, Dwight Powell goes down with uh, ruptured Achilles and I'd been talking to Mavericks people and and when you look out on the floor you, you can't the untrained eye, you can't always tell who's playing what position just because of the Maver- the way the Mavericks play, the flow offense. But, you know, if, you're, if you've been watching long enough, you can see, well, Porzingis was starting to play more center. And I uh, had uh, even talked to Mark Cuban about it. He said, I said, well, whatever, what do you think about Porzingis at center? And he said, well, it looks like it's trending that way, doesn't it? And then – Powell goes down, and that really hastened the, you know, it made them, it forced them to make the move to a full time basis. And that really, uh, right away, it was started clicking with him. And you could tell uh, Porzingis, Porzingis does not want to come across as a complainer. He's gone out of his way, even when he was struggling, and he would say things like, I'm still trying to figure out the offense. He didn't say it in a critical way, right? He wasn't trying to cause waves. But the way he talked about what he liked about playing center told you he likes playing center and he would prefer to play center. 
And that's and, and a lot of that is because uh, it it means that on many possessions, uh, not most, it's he and Luca initiating the offense out on top. It's Porzingis setting the initial screen out near the top of the circle and rolling, picking, you know, picking and popping or rolling off of that. And it's it's allowed uh, Porzingis to feel more part, part of the offense, get more touches, uh, and it's made all the difference in the world. And, of course, it's his hard work over the 20 months of that he went between games is also clearly kicking in. And uh, when I was talking to him the other day, he was saying, I knew I was capable of this. I kept telling you guys I was capable of this. My body was telling me I was ready for this, but my mind, you know, I, there was just a lot going on in terms of learning the offense and, and figuring out the new things about my body. I'm stronger. I'm stronger now, you know, uh, but it had been so long since I played. I knew it was there. I'm glad it's happening now, but I'm not surprised. Uh, but I'm telling you now, uh, I'm not I'm not anywhere close to being done. I'm not through working at this. I've got I've got room to grow, which was going well. That's scary. Um I got <laughs> my last one real quick is a, is a yes or no question and then I'll let Nick end it with a last question. Mine is so do you know if Luca is playing or not in game two? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite question. Pretty sure he'll play. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I just want to double check. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Last one for you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, thank you for the time, by the way. Uh, is there a story that you've written so far that you're particularly proud of, something that you've written in the bubble, something we can point our listeners to, to, to go check that out on Dallas Morning News? Oh, thanks. An opportunity. It's like plugging a book or something, right? It's like I'm on the, uh, the late the Tonight Show or something. I'm proud of all of our work. Uh, I'm also proud of the work of uh, my colleague, uh, Callie Kaplan. She's not in the bubble, but she's on all these. She's awesome. Calls. Yeah, she's been, uh, she come, she's very creative in coming up with ideas and implementing them. And, and uh, but it's, it's uh, the ability to be in the bubble has given me the ability to, to like get some one-on-one time with Rick Carlisle. I wrote about him going into the series about how he is, uh, you know, he's, He's been here. It's a 12-year snapshot of this franchise, him being here, and the fact that uh, when you look back at these two coaches in this series, you know, Rick Carlisle stayed on and uh, weathered, you know, a churning roster and aging Dirk and Doc Rivers forced the Celtics to trade him to the Clippers so that he could be in this situation. So, uh, I, I, you know, I – I'm proud of that story. I uh, wrote a story a couple days earlier than that about is Luca the best 21-year-old in NBA history? I hope that was thought-provoking. I think last night showed you that the answer might well be yes, you know. Uh, but yeah. it, well, let's also remember that, you know, Magic Johnson was finals MVP at age 20. And uh, Michael Jordan was pretty good at 21. And guy like a guy named LeBron was all-star MVP and had a triple-double in, in his first uh, playoff game at 21. But uh, s- still, uh, if you're a Mavericks fan, you got to be just ecstatic, pinching yourself right now. Absolutely. There you go. 
Brad Townsend from the Dallas Morning News. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody will put a link in the description for his Twitter if somehow you're not following Brad Townsend. And everyone, we're back for another post-game pod after game two. Check back with us then. Subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast right now. And thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.